Welcome to Lost in Menstruation, a podcast for women who want to find a better way to hormonal health. I'm your host, Gemma Barry, an ex-nurse, period activist, comedian and herbalist. You might think that's a strange combination, but I wouldn't be where I am without those skills, let me tell you. Be ready for health tips and banter, no filter talking, belly laughs, and most importantly, finding your map so you aren't lost in menstruation. This is the stuff you wish you'd known years ago, but it's never too late. Let's get started. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Lost in Menstruation. Today I am joined by the wonderful Polly Pinter. Hi Polly, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, So we are going to be chit-chatting about uh, smears and stuff today, you know, right on in there with the good (laughs) stuff. Uh, Polly is a fellow comedian and I always start chatting to comedians with asking them how they sort of fell into the comedy world. So Polly, what's your story? How did you end up being a lady on stage. <laughs> um, egotism. Um, no, I, used to, I, I work with students, so I do a lot of presentations for students trying to um, kind of make very boring topics like immigration, because I look after international students, sound exciting. So I would be doing all of these talks about fairly boring things, but trying to make them funny or trying to make them interesting. Yeah. And basically one of my students one day said, um, oh, do you do stand up? And I thought, no, but I could. So it was kind of a bet to myself so yeah I just sort of did it as a hobby to completely disconnect from all of the stuff I was doing at work and kind of divide my life and then yeah it is it's kind of addictive it is it's weird <laughs> isn't it in a good way yeah it's possibly the scariest thing I've ever tried in my entire life and yet you know I kept on doing it it's a very strange thing the weird thing about stand-up though is I can stand in front of a, a room of I say a hundred people very rarely do I stand. normally I'm in, a, in front of a room of about five people but anyway sometimes so I've, I've done a couple of gigs where there have been sort of a hundred people and I can talk confidently on a stage in front of all these strangers but if I have to go to a meeting at work with you know people who are slightly more senior than me and there's maybe six of us in a room it's terrifying and my, like my hands will shake I'll have to hold the desk if I've got to sort of present a report or something yeah. so I'm, I'm much more confident cocking around in front of strangers it's interesting isn't it because well, I suppose in a way the comedian is uh has the power you're you're up there yeah. with the microphone and the spotlight and you're there to like as the court jester to serve you know your people and make them laugh and I think in that other realm of work you have all of those layers of oh yeah oh my god I'm, and I'm people you've got to see every day and your appraisal and all of this whereas yeah. you know even if you completely die on stage what's the worst that can happen well that place might not book you again you know yeah. so yeah, you probably yeah. painted a little bit but at the end of the day. It's not too bad. It's not going on your CV anyway, is it? That's no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, do you know, I, I've spoken to quite a lot of comedians and um, that sort of public speaking thing, how I started it as well, actually, uh, mm. is definitely a, um, a reason to get on board and, and get out there, which is, is great. And like you say, and then you find that actually it's really good fun. Uh, yeah. Carry on doing it and surprise yourself. So yeah, love it. <laughs> do you ever um, do you ever talk about like women's health, periods, smears, and stuff on stage? I do sometimes, but I do it sparingly because I think I'm very, very aware 
as a female comedian that it's this sort of double-edged sword. So on the one hand, uh, there there are occasions where you think, well, I have a responsibility to talk about this stuff and get it out in the open because actually other people don't. It's all very taboo. On the other hand, if you go too far in that direction, you've got this danger of being pigeonholed as, oh, it's a, that's a female comedian, so she's talking about periods and body image and uh, you know all, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I tend to... What I tend to do is, is work it into sets because I talk about stuff that happens ev in everyday life. Yeah. And so one of the things, for example, that I, I've talked about is going to, so I, I travel a lot. So I went to Japan last year. Remember that in the days you could travel? Yeah. I went to Japan and we went to an onsen. So uh, uh, like a traditional Japanese spa and you have to be completely naked. Yeah. So I went into this into this spa thinking, oh, well, I'll go in because it's an experience and it's, you know, cultural experience. And then I suddenly thought, what's the etiquette? How much am I meant to have shaved or not? And there was just me and this tiny, this sweet little elderly lady who saw that I was a foreigner and was like, I, oh, you know, and, and was sort of uh, pouring water on me, getting me to pour water on her. I was like, gozaimasu. And she was this really lovely... And I thought, I can't look like I was trying to surreptitiously look down to see. And then I thought, and what am I going to do when I find out the answer? And that's not something a man ever has to worry about, is it? So, you know, I talk about things like that because those are all things that, that just come up in everyday life. Yeah. Um, I don't tend to, I've seen comedians that do whole sets about their periods. And I think maybe some people can just pull that off better than I can. Yeah. But I don't want to be sort of, oh, that's a female comedian, so she just talks about female anatomy. <laughs> that, that would be sense. me. I'll, I'll take one <laughs> on that, because that's my... You can probably do it better than me. <laughs> this is the thing. Whereas I tend to talk about other stuff, but then work it in. I mean, the other, the other thing that I've talked about in a set was how... Uh, and again, it's all, I seem to do a lot of travel stuff. You know, when you fly on um, certain airlines like Wizz Air, when you land, everyone applauds. Yes. I don't understand that, because... I, and I always say, like... For a pilot, the basic kind of level of being a pilot is that you take off, you fly and you land and nobody dies. Yeah. That's not worthy of applause. That's doing your job. And I say it's like if you have a smear test when they pull out the speculum, you don't applaud the fact you still got a cervix. Yeah. So <laughs> sort of sneak it in. Sneak it in there. <laughs> it's really interesting, actually, isn't it? That um, I mean, it's a really political act being a woman on stage yes. anyway. And how we're already filtering about not being pigeonholed when we're already yeah. pigeonholed for being a woman on stage. Absolutely. And uh, I've sp like I've spoken to many um, uh, female comedians about this and uh, it is like guys don't filter. They talk. I mean, we have to sit and listen. Oh, to yeah. Rob jokes and, you know, all of that crap. And we don't think, oh, here's another one. And then we never come away thinking, oh, they're not funny. I mean, we might not laugh. I, mean, we might not I think often come away thinking, oh, they're not really funny. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, most of us walk away thinking it wasn't funny, uh, yet it still persists. Um, no, absolutely. And I don't, think, I don't think guys filter in that same way of being like, oh, I can't talk no. about my own bodily functions because I'll be pigeonholed. <laughs> it's the same with lots of areas of life that you, you end up, um kind of censoring yourself yeah and it, it's the same way that you know if you're a woman so i was in a, um, a meeting the other day again with people who were more senior than me and and but i was in charge of this particular meeting and i said oh uh, i'm really sorry but i'm going to be bossy and actually one of my senior managers who is also a woman interrupted and went you're not bossy you're assertive 
yeah. And I thought, yeah, because I think generally, you either, right? <laughs> well, generally, a man wouldn't, or I don't think, have said, I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm going to be bossy now. They would have just gone along. But we're so worried about how we come across. Yeah. And it is, yeah, with comedy, I was just very aware that I don't want to be seen as, oh, women comedians can only talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? So you're always yeah, sort of censoring, oh, if I do it too much of that, or I've got to balance it out with something else. And it, yeah, it's a shame. It's a bit of a... It is. And what else is so strange about it is that um, how um, edgy it is, it is deemed. And you're like, yeah. it's not edgy in the slightest. It's, no, it's not. very mundane and boring, really. <laughs> half the, it, it says it all, that half of the population... Uh, either currently or in there in the past has bled every month yeah why do we not talk about it why is that seen as that's not edgy actually we should get to a stage where i was like oh god they're talking about periods well so what everybody does that yeah. and yet it is i remember going to doing a, a competition and i didn't get through but the, the woman i think who ended up um winning did a, a set all about periods and one of the things she did was hold, held up her moon cup and yeah. watching the whole audience kind of squirmed, you know, in their seats. And then I thought, and, and her set was described as, as brave because she'd done that. And I thought, it is, but why? Why is it? Because yeah. it's so interesting. I, um, it was a few years ago now, and I was doing a, uh, like an online sort of promotion thing. It was like through a business mm -hmm. educator kind of thing on, mm -hmm. on Facebook. And uh, they were encouraging you to do sort of like different pictures to explain mm. your job. And I did four pictures. I did a picture with me with a moon cup. I think I put it like in front of my nose. Uh -huh. Not full, I may add. Just <laughs> uh, I did a tampon up my nose. I did a, a sanitary pad as an iPad. And I put like a reusable pad across my forehead. Mm. I put them all together. And I said, what do you use, A, B, C or D? Yeah. And... My, I just put it out there didn't even think yeah. a thing about it and when I came back to Facebook later I'd broken it because uh, it, it was actually a woman who would commented and said I find your post disgusting it's really distasteful mm -hmm. and you're gonna lose so much business because of what you've done and people had jumped on it and said actually if you go and look at what she does she's all about periods and yeah. uh, uteruses and this actually is right up her street and in doing that, like everyone supported and I, you know, the, the post exploded, but I, I had, I went back to her and I was just like, I find, I find your like take on that really interesting. Like why mm. is that disgusting? It's what you do too. <laughs> it's, and it, but it's hardwired into us, isn't it? This it, idea. Yeah. And, and it's, it, in certain areas of the world still, it is actually seen as something you should be actively ashamed of. Yeah. For this yeah. biological function. I've just got to say, and this is this is nothing to do with comedy at all, but I have recently started using reusable pads and okay. basically gone, oh God, why have I had all years and years of having periods and not been using them? They're amazing. They're like my favorite, yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite thing. They're so comfortable. So comfortable. Oh my God. Like not sitting on four plastic bags, thank you very much. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> comfortable, fluffy vagina pillows. They are really lovely. And I've tried things like moon cups and they, and they didn't, you know, I just didn't like them. I didn't find them comfortable. I've tried all sorts of things. And now, finally, and I'm 38 years old, and I'm thinking, damn, I feel like I've wasted all these years. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You've got plenty of periods left. You're yeah, fine. I know, I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it was a complete revelation. And 
the amount of crap that are in commercial uh, mm. period products is eye-watering and they don't have to put like the ingredients or anything on them yeah. the medical grade and all that bollocks well um, i still like and i know i know loads of female comedians who've mentioned it but it's the fact that even now they've still got the same kind of adverts they had when i was a kid which is oh i'm having my period time to go skydiving and, it, and it's <laughs> you just go how have we not moved on yeah, it never well, shows a woman hugging a hot water bottle, looking a bit sad. <laughs> yeah, the the um, body form advert has, if you've seen that, has taken it a step further, and it does show miscarriage, endometriosis. No, and, I uh, haven't, and I would like. Yeah, it's, yeah. it has actually taken the premise and run with it. But I'm still like, still, just stop putting shit in your product. <laughs> you really on board, you know? Like, yeah, you've got the advertising and you've done this. It's amazing. But your products are still rubbish. So um, I'll never be endorsed by. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's so true. They are amazing and they can work, you know, they can help pain and like heaviness in your flow and all of that kind of thing yeah. by switching them so yay yay to the reason <laughs> we're getting there by the time i go through the menopause we'll have got all this sussed yeah i mean <laughs> and also i feel like you are sticking one to the team a little bit because it's like you just buy them and that's it you don't need to buy anymore and you're yeah. not like you're not having to pay any more luxury tax Although that is going out. Right? Oh, because every month I think, oh, time for some luxury. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God, I'm feeling so luxurious now, darling. Oh my God. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've never felt so luxurious in my life. They should, they should advertise them like they do perfume, you know, when they do those bizarre perfume yeah. ads that are all in semi-darkness and women in these elegant kind of silky, should just have a woman writhing in joy because i tell you what they ought to have there was uh i don't know if it was on rupaul's uh drag race but um i shared it on my instagram actually mm -hmm. there was this amazing dress like a sanitary pad and mm -hmm. it was white at the top and then went red at the bottom and i'm oh, like wow. that is the kind of dress you need to be wearing on your period at all times <laughs> like, let everyone know like yeah this is how luxury i'm feeling yes um, yeah because it's oh it drives me up the wall it really drives me up the wall uh yeah i did a whole thing about uh, in fact i made a whole a song about uh luxury tax in one of my sets oh I'll, I'll have to look that up because i do i do a lot of singing in my in my comedy as well yeah again, about travel so I, I will look that up i love it my first gig i bailed out i was really like gutted with myself actually because i wanted to do it about my work and then I bailed out and I did it about travel. So it's not a bad thing. Um, <laughs> I spoke a lot about toilets because uh, toilets when you're traveling is like oh. such a mind blowing experience of good and bad. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff. Cause I, I know you asked, obviously, do I talk about, um, cause, cause this is the thing about being pigeonholed. Actually, I talk about all bodily functions to a certain yes. extent because my main so i did a show called the world is your oyster bar last year and the, the premise was why do we have oyster bars in airports because why yeah. would you want to eat like potentially quite dangerous seafood before you get on a 14-hour flight so the whole show was basically a, it was about travel and all sorts of things but there was quite a lot about throwing up <laughs> and um having the ships in an awkward place yeah. so uh and it's an aphrodisiac. I've never really got that. Like, I don't really get that. in oysters and like what joining the Mile High Club. Maybe you know it's just I mean? people who like to live life on the edge. It's like, oh, I'm going to have this, and I could have 
uh, I could have sex later on or I could have horrendous diarrhea. Oh, yeah. It's like a type of sort of Russian roulette. It is, <laughs> of which I do not want to play, thanks. <laughs> I'm all good. Uh, I am all good. I can't, oysters just, ugh, I don't get the appeal. Myself. No, nor do I. They're just I slimy and, and weird and just taste of salt water, really. Slimy uh, salt water. I've never tried, but I... I assume that's exactly what they taste like. It just feels yeah. like it would be like a heavy cold. I'm not up for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good description. There's going to be people screaming at this going, no, no, they're marvellous, but no. Yeah, no, I'm my never. husband loves them. He's like, oh, no. Jen, they're so good. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're like no, the they're thing people used to hack up in sputum pots at work, love. That's what <laughs> they're <a bit> like. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, you eat with your eyes and the association is too much for me for sure <laughs> so um smears yes they are like they are quite comedic i will <laughs> grant you um so come on let us in on your story because i am wait can't wait this to is that. something i talk about i mean again there's so much to talk about with smears i will tell you i'll tell you a story in a minute but just every time i go something seems to happen that you just think this is weird so like the last time i went actually I had this really lovely lady doing my smear so i've got my kind of you know so lie down be, be comfortable yeah and uh you know pull your knees up and as she sort of so she's put a towel over me and as she sort of disappears her head kind of disappears you know up inside my body she goes you're going anywhere nice on your holidays I thought this is not the bloody hairdressers it was the <laughs> weirdest thing she was very sweet but the worst experience the worst 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 experience I've ever had and maybe I'm generalizing never let a bloke do your smear test yeah I was an idiot so my doctor who was a, a male doctor he was a, a, a nice guy good doctor didn't really have particularly good bedside manner anyway and he said oh well you're overdue for your smear test and, and he tried to sort of book me in and there wasn't a time I could do it and he said well I could just do it now so here's me ignorant silly person going oh yeah well he's been to medical school he's gonna know I mean what what difference does it make whether a man or a woman does it and he then basically he got this thing and he was like lie down relax and I thought well you're really making me feel relaxed here. put your legs no move your legs no move your legs and put your legs there so at this point I'm lying there and he's like no relax and he's shouting relax and he gets this thing and he starts sort of going and pushing it up there so I immediately tense up and I'm like oh it hurt you know it, oh, it hurts and he went well just relax so of course the more he shouts at me to relax the less I'm relaxing yeah. and at this point he's like mopping his brow with the effort of trying to shove this thing inside me and it's getting worse and worse and I'm almost in tears and then he pulls it out and he pauses and he just goes, have you ever had sex? Oh, and I thought to myself, yeah, because when I do, it's just like this. My husband just comes at me with this freezing cold, massive, hard plastic dick and shoves it inside me while shouting at me to relax. This is exactly what sex is like. Anyway, he finally, did, it was awful. And I actually, I was in tears by the end of it because it was painful and it was embarrassing and it was humiliating. It was horrible. And, um, so we finally got this thing done and I thought afterwards, you know what I should have done that I didn't do? When he then said, have you never had sex? And he started pushing this thing up again. I should have started going, oh, oh, oh yes, oh yes. And I wish I'd had the confidence because now, this was about, I was only about 23. I was, oh, no. now I would be so tempted to just sort of screw with him slightly and be like, oh, oh yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> and go, oh, well it's just like sex, right? Oh my God, it was awful. 
but it, it was so hideous it like, was. You totally should have stopped and was a complete violation to you it was but I was so angry because I look back now and I think, you know, that kind of experience is going to put people off going again. Yes. Because I went the next time and I had this lovely, lovely lady and I thought, and I basically told her what had happened the time before and she was wonderful and very understanding and said, oh, I've heard this sort of thing before. Just relax. We've got as much time as you need. If it hurts, you know, I can come out again. I'll, I'll use the smallest one I've got. All of this sort of just, no and actually, it was fine. It, that was probably the least painful one I've ever had with yeah. that woman because she was just so nice. But this was, it was honestly, it was, it was comic because he was basically, you know, mopping his brow with all the effort of having to... You should have asked him. if he'd ever had sex before because quite well, frankly, it sounds like he's never, like, or touched a vagina. The other thing all. I wanted to say to him is, mate, if your sexual experiences are like this, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so awful. awful. The thing is, like, if anyone has an experience like that with a health professional, I always say to them, you should absolutely make a complaint about it. And yeah. I know at the time you never really feel like it because you feel shocked and violated, but you can always do it after the event. Because yeah. if we don't complain, that kind of stuff never gets challenged. And that yeah. person will just carry on doing awful smears. Because I feel like what he should have done was said, no, you do have to, you know, even if you book in and in the future, because he made me feel that I had to have him do it in a way, because he was like, well, your smears already overdue. You're meant to have this, you know, however many years apart. Um, and the nurse is only in on these days and made me feel like, oh, well, I failed by having work commitments and other commitments. Yeah. Actually, he should have just said, I don't do smear tests. I'm sorry. You're going to have to arrange to come in at some point and see the nurse. We'd encourage you to come in as soon as you can. Yeah. So just, just come, you know, just come in at your earliest opportunity, please book. Yeah. It can happen, sadly, in the health service, I think, where... Mark says to me, my husband, that I'm much more sympathetic to the cause now I'm not a nurse than when I was. <laughs> if he said, you know, oh, he's not feeling well or he hasn't got a headache, I'd just be like, well, your leg's not hanging off. You know, you haven't got some <laughs> heart, complex heart condition. Just, you know, get over it kind of thing. Because yeah, yeah. Your, like your vision of stuff is skewed. And I promised myself when I started nursing that if I ever got like that to the point that it, you know, I was sort of unable to be compassionate to people at work, then mm. I needed to leave. And I definitely yeah. started to feel that way. And I'm like, yeah, I think my time's done here, um, you know, of, of, of having that lens that is very skewed. Um, so it, not that that is an excuse. People should mm. be aware of it. And I think, I think, again, it's the same in any profession. You need to know your limits. Yeah. You know, the stuff that I do at work, one of the things I said, again, this is, sorry, this is not very, very comedic in the least bit, but with my job and I manage a, a small team and I said to each of them, is there any aspect that you're not comfortable with? So for example, because I look after students, you know, if you're not comfortable talking to someone with eating disorders, or if you're really, really uncomfortable about dealing with someone who's suicidal, or you might have a, a background of, of certain things, um, you know, or, or, if a student has a miscarriage and one of, and somebody in my team had had a miscarriage, I would not say, well, tough, deal with them because they wouldn't yeah, necessarily yeah. be the best person to deal with them. No, exactly. And exactly. I find medical professionals are not always as good at doing that. Yeah. I think just because they can be very compartmentalised with stuff too. Um, and uh, yeah, they'll be better at some things than others. I yeah. Can, I can surely say he was not very good at smears. <laughs> 
at all, at all. Uh, yeah, smears are such a funny thing. I mean, great, good to do, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are strange. I've had weird conversations. <laughs> um, that whole being told to relax is just the worst. Um, it sounds so predatory. Yeah. <laughs> it's the really lie back and think of England yeah (laughs) this totally does the the, you know the complete opposite you almost need to acknowledge like I know this isn't very pleasant but um the woman I saw after him um where I told her and I was already sort of almost crying before she did it and I explained what had happened and she said well I'm not going to tell you to relax because we all know that you don't relax when you're having this done and actually I relaxed (laughs) exactly so it's acknowledging the elephant in the room which is that you're any I mean I'm tense like flipping bar taut iron rod when I go to the dentist for crying out loud you know I hate it and it's exactly that and if someone's just telling you to relax it's like saying to someone oh don't worry about it when something really troublesome yeah no absolutely gonna worry because it's normal too um yeah it's yeah it's a very strange thing but yeah having conversations I don't think I really I don't really want to have a conversation when someone's (laughs) carrying around in my vagina to be fair I uh I had um I had polyps on my cervix years ago and had mm-hmm. to go and have them um, removed. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, <laughs> I had to, uh, I was in a room with a whole load of student doctors with my legs on. Stilts. Oh my God, I've had exactly the same thing happen to me. Yeah, with the camera up there. And, um, you know, the, and, and I don't mind. People have got to learn. I'm totally okay with that. But it is a bit surreal. And you're like, oh God, there's like eight people staring at me uh and I've been the student on the other end yeah. and you don't see the person as a whole you are just learning and looking at that thing but the doctor was in there like rummaging around with the camera yeah. looking at the polyps and everything and then he pops up and he's like oh I'm so sorry that's terribly rude would you like to have a look at wet as well and spun the camera around and I'm like you know what I'm, <laughs> I'm all right <laughs> similar thing once and I again had sort of legs akimbo and um, first of all there was a light that he had to get one of the student doctors to hold up because the light had broken and it kept going so there's this and then there's obviously the student who clearly had a really heavy night and didn't want to be there in the first place who was just (laughs) yawning and red-eyed in the background and then at one point he sort of pokes pokes at me and says ah now now this is looking good now this is healed really nicely and eight heads went strange thing and again like anyone who's had any trauma or um you know bad experiences of that mm. it's you're in such a vulnerable like position yeah and to be all like strapped in I mean I know you're not strapped in but you might as well be when yeah you're absolutely well, you can't exactly get up and run away you can't <laughs> move at all um it's it is it's a very it's a very strange thing um and I think it does need to be handled with the utmost respect and care uh, and yeah. I think sometimes a bit of humour helps to sort of just release the tension on that as well. Well, I must say, by that by that point, I was already doing stand-up. And I have to say, as I lay there and all these heads, kind of about eight students, about eight heads peered inside me. And I remember thinking, this is material. I must remember this. And when I get back on the bus, I'll write it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. 
it really <laughs> is um yeah i've had i've had a few uh, strange smear experiences like i say but um they're having a chat <laughs> you feel like there might be an echo because when <laughs> like you say you 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 see the head and then you don't see the head <laughs> and then you see the head and then and then they say it's something else it's and the embodied like, voice saying oh yeah. yeah we went to the maldives last year really <laughs> <laughs> placed piece of paper or towel and oh and it's always it's always one of those sort of oh I remember the other thing that I remember once was when what was it she gave me a towel and I wasn't really sure what she'd given it to me for because I remember thinking well it's only going to be you and me in here so what bit of my dignity exactly do you want me to cover because we're not going to leave anything to I know what's down there because it belongs to me you're about to basically put your head in there why have you given me this tiny little square of fabric yeah. to pop over the top? And I came in and she, she went, oh no, and she moved it and kind of covered a bit more of me up. And I thought, but for whose benefit are you doing this? Yeah. And then I just felt awkward about committing some social faux pas. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that um, great urban legend of a lady who's gone in and wiped sparkles all over her, like kind of freshen up before <laughs> going for her smear. And her daughter had used like sparkly makeup or something on the flannel and she'd rubbed it all over herself. So she like went in with a very sparkly fajazzle. I'm like, I really hope that story's true. I hope it's true. But I always worry, like whenever I go in, you know, you get that little leaflet that sort of set with the pictures that says, this is what's going to happen at your smear. And it never tells me anything useful. Like, well, actually, most women have, I don't know, a Brazilian or whatever. I don't know what most women do. I haven't done a survey. So I always lay there thinking, if I've got too much hair, too little hair, is she going to, what, you know, I don't, I don't know what the etiquette is. <laughs> I worry about these things. <laughs> do you go to the physicians and say, I'd like a smear? A smear cup, please. Yes, smear cup. There should be. <laughs> I'm all ready for you know. If that's yeah. a gap in the market. We ought to do that smear cup. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? I just get mine with my husband's beard trimmer. I don't know whether he knows that or not, but I'm just, especially during lockdown. I mean, Christ, it's yeah. Just oh yeah. Lo- number one, buzz all over the top of it. Jobs are good. Well, one of one of my um, one of my comedian friends put on Facebook, you know, oh well, during lockdown, I'm uh, I'm going to go oh naturel and I'm going to stop shaving. And the number of people that underneath went, why wait till lockdown? Or way ahead of you now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. A friend of mine was. She made a very valid point actually. She's like, why are public swimming pools open before beauticians? <laughs> This is a very good point. Yeah. Vita probably making a fortune on those little strips right now. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh my God, the actual cream for Vita. <laughs> I mean, I remember using that once and it just burning. It does. It smells so bad. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> I can beat that. This is going to be my most embarrassing thing I've ever shared with anybody yet. And it's not period related, but I once had been using that to do under my arms. So it was next to my toothpaste on the sink. <laughs> and you can work out the rest. It doesn't taste any better than it feels on your skin. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Well, my <laughs> husband cleaned uh, his teeth with her thrush ointment. Um, he was like, I don't, know, I don't know what that cream, that t- new toothpaste is you've got. He said, but it doesn't foam up very well. She's like, what oh. is that? He's like, the caniston. She's like, oh, oh my God, God. No, that's for thrush. Oh, that's horrendous. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Yeah. No, that's much worse than what I did. <laughs> 
I don't know. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad <laughs> both ways. Like, uh, well, you won't have hairy teeth. So yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it's it might catch on. <laughs> so I always ask uh, my guests this question to end on. Um, what is your like most humorous or funny tale about your period? Do you know, I was racking my brains to see if I have anything funny to say about periods. The only thing that seems funny now, because it was so devastating when I was a 13-year-old girl, was I was at an all-girls school, and at 13, I sort of went off to the loo, and I dropped my sanitary pad on the, uh, on the, the, the new one that I was going to put in, that I was taking to the loo, in front of the only male teacher in this school. And uh, he picked it up very sweetly, and his name was Mr Rigby, I still remember. He picked it up very sweetly and handed it back to me. And I must have been mortified for about three years about that. Because as a 13-year-old girl, that's the most horrifying thing that can happen to you. It's so true. This story comes up a lot about the Houdini efforts we make of oh, yeah. hiding it up our sleeves. And I still do. I oh, I did um, uh, a 10k, um, and you don't because no, we don't have pockets. Why don't women have pockets when yeah. we need we need pockets more than men because of carrying that sort of thing? And I did a 10k when I was having a really heavy period. So I tucked. I had a sports bra, and I tucked the pad into the sports bra, so I could basically then change pads as soon as I'd finished. And I got to the end, and of course you sweat, so I had to. And they're in those awful little plasticky wrappers, so I had to kind of peel it off my breast. <laughs> God, it was horrible. But I didn't have anywhere else to put it. Yeah. I couldn't run. I couldn't put it up a sleeve or anything because I didn't have any sleeves. I couldn't tuck it into my shorts because it would have probably... That was the only logical place yeah. that I could have kept yeah, it. Yeah, that is the only... Your bra is... Unless I run with it in my hand going, woman, yeah. everybody, a woman coming through. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd have put your um, reusable sanitary pads in there, it would have like helped with nipple chafe. I like, know. Oh, they're lovely and soft. Off. I might do that anyway. Next time. I'm doing a half marathon in April. Are you? Don't yeah. do it on your period. <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask him to change it if it's the wrong week. I'll ring him up. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> <do>. yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember, and this is terrible of me, uh, the name of the runner who was the first female runner to run a marathon. And she, Without a pad? Yeah. and she I left. saw that. Yeah. I'll have to stick it in the show notes because it's an amazing... She was amazing. And and again, the abuse online about that yeah. was really shocking yeah, and really horrible. Um, and still, uh, like the, um, I can't, was it the Brazilian Olympics with the um, Chinese swimmer who said, oh, I've got my period or something. Oh, yeah. It was like, it made the front headlines. It did. And on, no one, one... on one side, you think that's great. Periods are on the front yeah. headlines and stuff. But on the other hand, why is that even news? <laughs> people were saying, there were people in China saying, um, oh, well, why, how can you possibly swim with your period? And I have this, so I've got a really good friend who's Chinese and who has, who has had children. So, you know, clearly knows all how the body works. And I had really bad period pain once when I was at her house. And I left, I said, I'm going to go home and have a bath. And she looked utterly horrified and went, what, why are you going to, you can't have a bath with your period. And I said, no, I can. It really helps with, and she went, but the water will get all bloody. You can't do that. You shouldn't do that. And yeah. she was utterly shocked that I was going to go home and have a bath. Yeah. It's yeah. Some, uh, in some cultures, having a bath is pretty disgusting because you are kind of like sitting in your own soupy filth. Uh, <laughs> but I'm with you. Like, it does help. 
Uh, chuck some epsom salts in there too uh because that like gives you a whole hit of magnesium which is really good for cramps and stuff oh yes absolutely so, um and achy joints and muscles if you're running and stuff like that so epsom salts would be your friend for sure <laughs> right, we'll write the tip down <laughs> polly it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you my love you um, thank you so much for sharing and yeah and also telling us your most embarrassing secret like i feel really honored <laughs> that you shared that <laughs> And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you when we're back running and rolling in the comedy circuit. Um, and but yeah, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, take care. Take bye. Care, bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved it, feel free to leave a comment and give us a follow. You can find more information on my website, thewellwomanproject.com, or come find me on the grid on Insta or on my Facebook page. You can also drop me an email, Gemma at thewellwomanproject.com. Any information we've shared today will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Big love, Gem.